You're listening to the Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast, hosted by Brian and Andy. And the quote of the day is, what do you say to a severely intoxicated, violence-prone ex-biker gang president with patchy English when he tries to sell you his microwave at your open door at two in the morning? <laughs> Who's this? Who, what book is this? Oh, that's, uh, that's, sorry. That's Jordan Peterson in uh, The Twelve Rules for Life. The book that we're reading, I just got so distracted with 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 that quote because it's just so bizarre. I forgot to add that. I apologize. It's all good. <laughs> so, so this is a really, I mean, with patchy English, even better. I can't even imagine because this is a big hulking of a man. And and what was really interesting about this fellow is that you know what do you say? And that is the question that he had to be um, determined to come up with an answer that is really about the chapter. I mean, this whole chapter is really much about how you get to the point to where you can answer that question to that type of situation. And it's so um, straightforward, the answer, you know? It is. It is. I mean, rule number eight, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Yes. Tell the truth, Wait, not that, the whole truth. Such an awesome answer. I mean, or I think that that is so interesting to me is that, that we spend most of our life um, thinking even the small white lies are something. And he goes into depth about how lies build up, even small white ones. Mm-hmm. Um but it's so interesting. And then he even quotes Adler, who is definitely by far one of my favorite, um, I guess you could call them new age philosophers. Sure. And he definitely talks about him and, and he goes into the depth of what lies really are. And it is extremely relevant to today. But it's also extremely powerful in speaking our truth, our truth from our perspective, and being authentic about it. And that's what he's talking about here. I mean, in these two, eight and nine both go together, you know, very, they're again paired very nicely together. And, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to, to get into chapter nine um, for this episode. Um, but I will gladly listen to what you have to say about it as we progress in this episode, even though I haven't read it. A precursor or, you know, a foreshadowing of what I'm about to read is not a bad thing. I know. So, it actually is so good because it is very therapeutic and it talks very much about his therapy, his his, his life as a therapist and dealing I read the with... the first page. That's it. That's good. It's talking it's about good. the it's... listening, 
and advice giving and the witches or the witch, the witch coven. Yeah. That's like all I I think you will be interested and I think that you'll be able to relate. And I think it's dealing with, I think you'll, you'll be able to relate. And the foreshadowing is, is that there is a whole lot of people out there in this world that are just kind of living cohabitating just in it (laughs) not really not really living in it but living like cohabitating it like they're there they're grazing (laughs) they're they're really not yeah they're just meandering (laughs) around so it's an interesting participating just kind of sitting yeah just you know it's like this i always called them the sideline folks people that sit on the sidelines and never play, you know, never, never, they always get the participation awards, but never really involved. Mm. And that's why this, that's a really great chapter, but it goes well with this lies chapter, which is, I I can't tell you that how paramount this chapter really is for so many people. And I'm hope that, uh, even the white small lies that we tell folks to make them feel better is even called out in this. It's it, it was it was really profound. I think the way that he just said, "Don't lie," you you know, be authentic. It doesn't mean you need to be hurtful. He definitely within, and this is the one thing that leading up to this quote is the fact that he really did have to think about what he was going to say to a man who showed up at his house at, you know, two in the morning trying to sell his toaster. Now, what Brian, give a little bit of the backstory behind what you, about this guy, what was the story behind him? Uh, The, the biker guy behind the quote. Yeah. Yes. So, um, so interesting. So the guy, uh, I forget where was, so his English is patchy because he's not from, He's Montreal. Uh, He's from Montreal, yeah, which is right. French, probably French Canadian. Right. Yeah. Um, and he, he, he's like the the land. I don't think he's the landlord, but basically, um, the author and his wife are living in this in this um, apartment near this guy, and this guy will uh, try to sell things to get uh, more alcohol. So he's an alcoholic this this ex-biker gang president from montreal that speaks french that's patchy speaking patchy english right and uh jordan peterson the author says that you know at times he would he would indulge and buy these things from the from this neighbor this i I think it was his landlord it was his landlord you're absolutely right it was his landlord yeah so there's a power differential there, mind you. Like I think we have to we have to point that out because it is more difficult to tell the truth um, a lot of the times when you you feel like there's uh, if you say something wrong or you don't make the person happy and they have more power than you, what can they do with that power? Can they kick you out of your apartment? You know, if it's not a landlord, is it a is it a boss? Well, they will you lose your job like there's lots of these things going on in people's minds when they're thinking about lying right what's at stake 
anyways, so, um, you know, there often this guy will get up at 2 a.m., knock on the door, try to sell him stuff. So Jordan Peterson will sometimes buy it. Um, sometimes he wants the stuff, right? And sometimes he just does it to appease him. But basically, Jordan's wife is like, ah, we really have to stop this. It's not good for him. We can't, we can't um, be uh, contributing to his alcoholism and enabling him. Uh, we, we've got to put a stop to it. And so sure enough, uh, you know, after they're talking about this, um, I think he said 15 minutes later, uh, he shows up again at the door and that's where, uh, you know, he has the microwave. <laughs> He's trying to sell this microwave to Jordan and his wife at 2 a.m. in the morning. And uh, so again, that question, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read it again for you all. What do you say to a severely intoxicated, violence-prone ex-biker gang president with patchy English when he tries to sell his microwave to you at your open door at two in the morning? <laughs> and so what does he decide to do? He tells the truth. He tells them, hey, I don't want to buy their microwave. And I think, you know, we, we can't contribute that too. I know you're, you talk about not wanting to drink so much. And so uh, we're not going to do that. We're not going to buy it from you. Not in those words, you know, but basically he says in a very assertive, direct and, and meaningful way, he's not trying to be rude. And that is the, that's the right. one thing. Right. And right. that's exactly what he's saying is that ex that's especially the piece that he's say, stating is the fact that, that he is able to understand that being and he actually he actually prepped himself for this right so he prepped himself for being able to uh talk to him and that he additionally um realized that this guy was judging him on his micro gestures if he was being sarcastic or undermining um because yeah. he also knew that violent was another key element of this gentleman right not only is this gentleman um the landlord and have power to expel them you know and maybe there's you know some some tenant rights or something that could come and play here but still no one wants to be threatened with that and then yeah the violence yeah i'm going to be honest with you at 2 a.m in the morning i don't think i would be um coherent enough or in my mind, right mind or have the energy to really do what Jordan did. And I'm saying that in the, for the sake of being honest. I don't think I, I, I think I probably would have just been like, uh, no, I don't want it. And that'd probably be the extent. I probably wouldn't have gone the extra mile. Interesting. And you know, it's interesting. So I'm going to say this, that I have been woken up at 2 a.m. in the morning. Hmm. And I, I have been mad. But I was honest about being mad and was, you know, at least I was out there and I think it was like kids related or something, but it's, you know, it was like, Hey, you guys need to knock this off. It's two in the morning. You know, what the heck? And I think it's, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's, um, it is a matter of learning how to 
And those are the times that try you. You get mad, but then you realize that my response to them at this time is important. And I think that's what he realized that because this is the other part of the story that leads on the next day, he remembered what he had said to him. So it had made even in a drunken stupor, it had made a profound effect on Mm -hmm. the biker. And he didn't go back to ask for them to buy anything. Yeah. And I think, I think you, 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 you do bring up a, a valid point here, right? Um, he, he he had rehearsed it. He had thought about it, you know, and, and I'm sure that being woken up in the middle of the night by your kids, um, that wasn't, it maybe happened more than once, you know, but I, sure. I, I do think that, you know, you, when something happens more than once and you've been given time to think about it, you will have a different response. You know, being caught in the in like off guard and not knowing, perhaps that's where people fall into traps of of telling lies the most. There hasn't been preparation. There hasn't been thought into what to say, and then people fall into the first thing that comes in their mind that would get them out of the situation, even if it's a lie. That is one of the things that Adler even talks about is the fact that that's what we do it for is for for being able to change it around to change perception, you know, of what reality is. And that's the one thing that when you don't tell honestly who you are or what you're about, people are left with misconceptions about who you are. And that is that unauthenticity ends up making it worse for yourself. So you didn't just... And, and he also talks about the fact that there are people that just avoid things in life, these hard mm-hmm. truths, and don't really live life because they're too busy trying to live on the sidelines and trying to keep out of problems. But nobody, they don't ever live an authentic life that they can share with others because they're always like chameleons. Yeah. And, and you know, that's really quite sad because life is going to be a challenge anyways. I mean, he talks about that, you know? Um, so why why um, not choose the, the path of being authentic, of being truthful to live a more fulfilling life, you know? And, and I, I really liked um, the part in here, uh, another quote that we were considering was if you will not reveal yourself to others, you cannot reveal yourself to yourself. So not only are you lying to other people, being inauthentic in that regard, living life on the sidelines, but you know you're you're definitely not being truthful with yourself. And and there's just no way for you to find happiness or find your meaning. You don't know who you are because you you've you've just been lying lying to yourself well lying to yourself and it is true that you can lie the worst lies are to yourself it you know where you believe your own lies and you really don't know who you are it doesn't give you the ability to dive deep into yourself to figure out what is where do you stand because you're so 
I think when you're used to out of habit sugarcoating everything and avoiding avoidance is one of the biggest reasons why people lie, trying to avoid, you know, suffering in some way, they don't end up understanding out of and it's they become ignorant to themselves, but also to others around them. And it's that ignorance that keeps the the story and the narratives alive about who you, you know, what your life is about. So, you know, you're not happy with your life, but when you keep these lies going, mm -hmm. it keeps the narrative around. You know, you just reminded me, I don't know why I didn't think of this while I was reading it, but um, uh, I, I once uh, worked at a pizza place back before I um, even graduated with a bachelor's degree. And uh, I had a, a supervisor there. He was like the main manager. Um, when I first started working there with him, uh, I, I, he had like this big, nasty um, scar and, and wound on his leg. He was missing part of his calf muscle. And, uh, you know, it was just really gnarly looking. Um, and, uh, he was telling me about it. He said that he, he got it while rock climbing. He was, he was up on this, on this climbing wall and took a big fall and just really got injured. And, you know, at that time I was really big into rock climbing, not so much anymore, but, uh, back then I was, and he knew that. And, you know, so we talked about rock climbing and I thought he was like really into it. Three years later, he comes out to me and says, Hey, I lied to you about that. I actually didn't get that while I was rock climbing. It was a stupid thing that happened to me when I was a kid. It was really embarrassing. And I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to uh, mislead you anymore. And I thought at that moment, like, instead of being angry with him, I was like, oh, wow. That took a lot to, to come forward with that. Like, it didn't change really my perception of him. In a negative way at all if anything it made me think of like wow i this guy is actually a strong character to come forward with that and i'm thinking you know while reading this yes tell the truth and if you'd lie come forward with the truth make it right i think people will respect you for it that's the rabbit hole. And I think you're absolutely right. So in lies, you tell them and, and, we, and we've all, you know, I think everybody's told lies. Hopefully you don't tell as many. And the older we get to realize that, you know, that's maybe there's wisdom in not telling lies. But I think the ability to recognize that this has snowballed on you, that some of the things that you've said haven't brought you what you wanted. And that now it's time to really just be honest. And sometimes that honesty won't be well-received. Sometimes it won't be. Hmm. But for the most part, at least you start realizing, and I think it's awareness, that the truth is so much easier to live with. When And he goes into this, and I, I always think about this, is that, and I told my kids this. When you tell one little lie you have to back that lie up and you have to remember that lie. You have to remember, okay, this is the story. This is the story I told my dad 
And now I have to tell him five others to keep that lie alive. Now I have to remember that I lied about it in two weeks and how I lied about it and what the storyline was. Or in two years. Or in two years or in three years. You have to remember the story that you told to them because then they'll go, oh, this person's lying to me. And then they just, you'll be an untrustworthy person and they'll back away where, and this is the other thing that's really interesting. So yes, don't even tell the lie in the first place. But then the other thing is, is that usually you're more as a parent, you are more disappointed in the lie than you are of whatever they did. Like you might be disappointed, okay, they broke a dish. But you're more disappointed that they lied to you about breaking the dish. Yeah. Well, that tells that, you know, and and this may be true, right? The person that you're lying to might be um might be violent prone. You know, and uh, kind of like this, this guy from Montreal, this landlord that we were talking about from the quote. Now, they might be violent prone. Um, this is where I would, I would um, kind of pull away from, from Jordan Peterson's here. You know, situations do matter, but I also don't want to make excuses. Uh, I, I work a lot with people uh, who are in domestic violence type situations. And you betcha, if you come forward with the truth about something, it could mean your life. Um, so wh- wh- what I'm trying to say is, like, you, you've, you've got to really think about this. There's a time and a place for everything. And I would say, like, if you're not in a situation with a person where you're you're likely going to get killed. I mean, at the same time, Jordan Peterson was in this situation, this biker guy who's violent and drunk, which makes him more volatile. And he tells the truth. All right. So I do think the truth is important. You need to tell the truth. And at the same time well, let's not do all or nothing thinking. Let's not be black and white where it's always. And I think that is that is the thing that I would look at here and, and disagree with Jordan on. But as far as like, you know, um, coming forward with the truth, getting that, that off your chest um, and the person being upset with you for not telling the truth, I mean, of course they will. Because that, that means that there's something that they did, perhaps, that made you feel like you couldn't trust them. And that's hurtful. That's the that's the thing that drives me, and especially being a parent again, that's the thing that drives me the most nuts. Even to my, my adult children. Um, I have adult children that borrow things. And when I confront them and then they find out, you know, I... There's certain circumstances where I know the truth. So I know the truth. If usually if I confront you about it, I know the truth about it. So I will come in and go, hey, did you do this? And if they say, oh, you know what? You know, I forgot. I, I did use it or I did do this. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. Cool. But if I know that they're going to lie. If, if, well, if I if they lie to me about it, I lose I lose respect. 
I'm like, I, I, I'm actually more disappointed in as a parent that I have kids that do that. You know, it, I think I'm sometimes I take it sometimes upon myself. I'm like, why, why did they lie to me? I, I, what did I do? Sometimes I do that. I do beat myself up a little bit like, oh, they lied to me. Uh, they took the, but I also realize that I, as you know, dad can be, you know, it's, it can be foreboding. You don't want to be thought of as ill. And sometimes that is the easy way out of going, oh yeah. Um, I don't want you to know that I did that. I'm embarrassed that that's what happened. Again, it's the, it's the, I mean, it's the relationship, right? Dad and a kid, where's the power, right? I mean, dad has the power. Even if kids right, are right. grown, dad has the power just because that's right. <laughs> yeah. So it, it does become more challenging in those situations. It does. And that's the hardest part is, is that um, it's interesting. But I found that you can also, and it's not sugarcoating the truth, but you can respond in a way with the truth that you have that is best suited to not hurt somebody's feelings. I mean, there is times where somebody just point, point blank needs the truth. But then there's also ways of saying it in a way like, and this is a classic, your wife tells you, do I look fat in this? Oh, the and you're not burn. right. And it's, and it's that, it's that, <laughs> Hey, I, you don't want the truth from me. But I think that like I had a, my mom always says, I don't think that looks the most flattering on you. If it doesn't look flattering, you know, th the fact that they, does it make them look fat? No, they know they're chubby if they're chubby. But you could say, I think that looks flattering on you, or it doesn't. You can say something about the the clothing that she's talking about. And you I can say, I don't that. think, and you can always, and there's always a way to say something without lying about it. Or, and that's why he always says, or just don't say anything. And in these cases, at least don't lie. Yeah, at least don't lie. <laughs> Maybe you, you don't say anything. Say anything. You just be like, don't say anything at all. <laughs> yeah, maybe you just don't say. You know, maybe you just look at them with a. I or that be in in religious terms, that's a sin of omission instead of omission. sin of commission. Yeah, sin of omission. You just leave information out. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, no. But you know, I I do think um, again certain situations. Maybe it's really not omitting things right because i do think withholding information is sometimes worse than saying uh, a straight up lie but what he does note and i don't know if it's in this chapter or the next does he talk do you remember the part where he's talking about families coming together for loved ones and um no. okay um, I, I was trying I to think if it was in this one Go further. Tell me more. So they're at the deathbed of a loved one who had dementia. And they were all very supportive of each other. And that comes from people not people being truthful to themselves and understanding and being honest with them, honest with how the situation is. 
I think that like in this case, the dad had a had a wife that had dementia. Yeah. And she slowly yes. disappeared into the ether. That is in this chapter. Yes, I thought so. So he's talking about the fact that she slowly disappears in dementia. And the fact that he was truthful to himself about it wasn't like he was in horror. Like he's upset. You can be upset. And the whole family was in truth about the situation. They supported each other through it. And that's the one thing that is the truth. When you tell the truth and you have a people around you and surround yourself with the same people they support you in your truth so in this case they're talking about at a time of dying which is you know um understanding death that it happens and being understanding and truthful that that death does happen this is the circumstances this person is going to die and then when they do die realizing that you have the support in the the feelings that come up about the truth about your feelings and not suppressing them and not and being truthful to everyone around you. I'm very sad that this had happened or these are the feelings that I'm having. But when you surround yourself with the people that are of that like mind, they understand that to where you feel comfortable in saying the truth. And that's the why the surrounding yourself with people that are like minded helps you. Because they uplift you in those moments where you need, when those feelings come up and arise for you, you be because accepted. of whatever reason, you're ex they are accepted mm -hmm. and you are supported and loved because of them. And you support and accept them. That's it's mutual. Yes. Right? It's a safe environment. Mm -hmm. And so if you aren't in a safe environment, maybe go back to some of those previous rules, right? We, we figure out a way to surround ourselves and choose friends um, that are supportive um, or, or spouses or significant others. Um, you know, uh, easier said than done, I know. Uh, but it's, it's a good rule to live by. Yeah. I do... I, what were you going to say? I think it's interesting that it's it's the, it's the journey and so much of the fact is you're not going to instantly wake up and people around you are going to be instantly supportive. So don't don't think that you just need to start ditching your friends. However, as part of your journey, you're not going to feel comfortable anymore in those circumstances and that's when things change cuz people People have a tendency to want to feel, especially as you change, people and tell your truth and be authentic. Um, people have a tendency to gravitate away from you just as much as you want to pull away from them. Because when they don't feel comfortable with who you are, they won't want to be around you anymore. And that's the interesting thing is that's the dynamic that I've seen over and over again that... Mm that keeps coming out like, Hey, they don't feel comfortable. And it's sometimes it's not a beautiful way. It's not like sometimes it is kind of a harsh, it's a harsh way to go through it, but it's part of the journey and the right. finding yourself and being authentic though is the only way to live. And I think that's what he's saying is, is that it's this journey is so hard, but it, it has to be made to be able to find the true you 
that then will be supportive of the people around you and loving and compassionate because you're aware of who you are. You're mindful. You're there and present. And because of that, and you're aware of your own self and your own feelings, people around you will gravitate, people that need to be there will gravitate towards you. And it will make a huge difference. And sometimes people, you know, it, it's, it's, it's part, it's journey. And you don't just wake up one day and you're there. But it's, it's interesting, because I, I noticed what I, what I notice is that they call them the red flags. Mm -hmm. When you start selling your truth, and you start understanding those, and you get out of you become more aware the red flags of things around you become more evident. And then you're able to maybe you are no longer blind. Right. And that's what lying, this is just part of why lies are so being not lying helps bring that out. You start realizing that I'm lying to myself to keep myself into these situations. Or you're, you're, you're keeping yourself in a situation because of guilt for lying. It's like, oh, I need to stay, you know, like, it's like you're paying penance <laughs> for your, for your flaws. And, you know, and I think that that happens a lot, you know, with uh, folks that have like infidelity or, or um, addictions, you know, they, they stay in situations that aren't healthy for them um, because they've been lying about these issues or something like that. Truth. Yeah. And then sure. it just perpetuates itself. But let's talk a little bit about blindness, right? He talk, he brings up willful blindness. The idea that it's um, you're, you're refusing, like literally refusing to know something that you could know. And that could be life-changing and good for you. You know, it's chosen ignorance, basically. Um, he... I really like this section because it, it's right in line with the things that I talk about. I talk about shooting on a person, on yourself. I mean, um, not stuff like that. This is this is kind of my go-to. I think it's one of the most uh, influential things in our life that is negative. Is the shoulds right? It's worse than than, than COVID. Okay. <laughs> It's a pandemic. I think more people have the shoulds than than COVID. More people probably die unhappy because of the shoulds than people that die with COVID. I believe in that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what are the shoulds you are you are asking? Um, it is suppressing your true self and telling yourself that you have to do certain things or should do certain things in your life um, for whatever reason. For pride, to make other people happy, um, perhaps because it's a sin to do whatever at your, at your core self wants to do. Um, so this, this suppressing your true self and lying to yourself. That is willful blindness. That is choosing ignorance. Because you are setting aside what is truly important to you or what is truly at your core aside. 
and you are therefore artificial and fake. You are false to those around you and to yourself. I think that you're right. And I think that you probably have seen this over and over again. And here's the depth. And this is why I, you say what you say is, is killed more people is because the shoulds also are what really lead you to a dark, depressive, suicidal mentality because you beat yourself up because you should be doing something different. You should be somebody you're not. You should be here. You should be less chubby. I should have more weight. I should, I mean, there's so many shoulds that we put on ourselves and we I don't just accept. And, and I think acceptance is the opposite of this. Acceptance of what is, as mm -hmm. ugly as it can be. You know, this is the situation. It is what it is. And I think there's a powerful statement. Be careful. The most powerful people are the people that understand and accept what things are they understand their feelings they accept their feelings for what they are they accept situations and they don't think that they should be somewhere else this is where i'm at this is how i feel this is how i look this is how i do things and the thing about it is is that once you accept that then you can make movement and progress to either do something different if you choose or accept it and go, you know, that's just part of my life. For instance, By making small adjustments, uh, getting better, you know, more powerful magnifying glasses, whatever it is yeah. for my site, for instance. But at least once you've accepted, at least you're out of ignorance and you understand the way you feel and you've accepted it and you can move on with free freedom. You can be free of whatever it is that you think you should be doing. Yeah. Now, I I will um, have to say, Andy, I don't know if uh, this occurred um, in the recording or not, but everything that you just said, for the most part, was like electronic and, and missed, like the connection was kind of off. So I, I am not sure if the recording got it or if it was just on my end that, that things kind of didn't come through. But I believe that whatever you were saying is true and helpful. <laughs> I back it fully. Yes. Okay. So, so uh, Mark on the calendar uh, got new microphone. Need some headphones. <laughs> yeah. There's always always something, right? Yeah. Um, no worries. No worries. <laughs> yeah. I hope. I hope I it was just my end, and that the we will the find out. Right. Yeah, we will find out because I may have sounded really horrible. Oh, um, just I'll, I'll replay it. 
Yeah, I'll replay it and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Either way, um, talking about uh, being authentic, um, not being ignorant to yourself, right? You're not shitting. Right. That's the big thing here is being authentic. And being authentic is extremely important to be able to uh, progress and be on this journey. Yeah. Basically, don't be in denial in a lot of ways, too, right? Like, you, it's it's denial of what is at your core, what you really, really want. Now, if what you really, really want isn't, um, isn't healthy, isn't uh, really socially acceptable, right? Um, that's probably something that does need to be looked at a little bit closer and explored. So I would I would say let's let's look at that, you know, because we're not going for um, uh, just doing whatever your heart desires. That's not what we're saying here. But we're saying that you you need to be um, challenging yourself and looking at yourself and really exploring why you're doing what you're doing, and is it for the right reasons? You could be doing something that you actually do need to do, but doing it for the wrong reasons and therefore not enjoying it and maybe you need to reframe it you need to look at it differently and find out where the passion is for you to continue to do that right so for example if you're in a job you don't like maybe it's not the job maybe it's something else you know maybe your priorities aren't right and you look at it differently explore it be honest I with like, yourself. i like the word reframe right. I really like that word quite a bit because that means that I'm looking at the story from a different point of view and putting truths into it instead of filtering it through my own emotional pieces that may not be so true. Yeah. We could be lying about it, right? Oh, I hate this job because it maybe it has nothing to do with that. Maybe nothing at all might just be you're not getting enough sleep at night so get enough sleep and maybe you like your job <laughs> you know like let's 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 be let's be real with ourselves that's an, you know another word for it is just being real being authentic being truthful not shooting otherwise you'll end up like that forest that he talks about right that they're setting these artificial fires um not really taking care of all the underbrush and everything and then when a real fire hits it's boof blazes well and that was the problem with why during our time frame and this is in the 90s i think yellowstone was such a bad massive fire because the yogi bear don't you know forest fires burn don't burn things um kept a lot of the underbrush there and a lot of people learned that you needed to clear the underbrush because actually a good healthy fire will allow the underbrush to not build up and that was nature's way of actually fixing you know its trash (laughs) and giving it nutrients nature Um, doesn't lie to itself it will do what it needs to do to keep the circle of life going nature does what it has to do it's not like it's trying to mess up your life nature does what it has to do to continue on and, and function I think another truth is um, that he brings up in here is needs versus wants. 
And that is another thing that what do I need versus what do I want? And when you're telling yourself the truth, you go more for the needs. What do I really need? Do I, do I really need that? And when you're really unfiltered and you have the truth, the truth and you see the perspective from the, you know, the 360 vantage, you can then make better informed decisions about what you're, what you're uh, going forward with, what your motives are. Are you yeah. really passionate about this? Or are you just saying you're passionate about this because it looks good to others, which is not a truth. I know so many people that got into careers because they, they thought that this is what their parents wanted. And it turned out to money. not be anything. Right. Yeah. Make money, go money become a lawyer, become a doctor. Money. Right. I guarantee you'll probably make your money go further if you're happy than if you have lots of money. You know, money, um, you know that saying, money can't buy happiness. I mean, yeah, you say that, but then anyone that doesn't have money will be like, yeah, well, I'd like to give it a shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I, I really think, though, a dollar stretches further when you're happy. I think you're right. And I think the def definition of happiness needs to be also a truth that you're really looking at because what is true happiness? Mm -hmm. And from a Buddhist perspective, it is definitely not materialistic in any way. It is based off of helping others and being a, having a better character, having more, you know, morality, having ethics, mm -hmm. being able to really be compassionate being empathic at times, you know, so, just having true empathy and true love for others because true love brings unlimited happiness. And so many times we think that it, that's, that's how simple it is. There is like base needs that you always have to meet. That's Maslow again, mm -hmm. but true happiness, when you start looking at what really is self-actualization is that enlightenment comes from the understanding that you get it from others by being authentically you and by helping them understand themselves better. Yeah. I mean, if you believe in the law of attraction, if you are being um, false, if you're being fake with yourself or with others, the law of attraction says that you'll get, um, you'll, you'll kind of get that back. Right. Right. You know, reciprocity so you'll be met with false and fake things and people well it's karma it's the law of karma yeah. too the law of karma is the cause and effect if you lie to people expect people to lie to you and live in lies and have yeah. the consequences of the outcomes of somebody who lies like things are not honest things are not truthful you don't live the way that you authentically could yeah you know that's what happens. Well, if, you, if you are lying, it automatically makes you think that other people are like, if you can lie, then you'll suspect other people are lying. And then it just starts this whole roundabout thing. Karma is going off the Everywhere. wall. Yeah, it's just not good. It's just not good. And if you saw me, my hands are just going all over the place, listeners. I'm just like, ah, oh, it's chaos. Uh, brings up chaos again. <laughs> and then, so that's, so he brings up the Egyptian story of. Right. Horus of Horus and Set and whoever the the other person is, you can't see the dad. Yeah, down there and 
the down, you know, hell. What I really thought was really cool about that is it has a Buddhist principle in it that, so the story is, is that there's a dad. So this is the God dad who has, who is constantly not able to see what his evil brother is doing. So he's con constantly keeping the blind eye. That's where the actual the, the saying comes from. Mm -hmm. He keeps the blind eye to this, not able to see the evil that is occurring. And so, in in set the 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 brother of the of the of the god is always doing evil things, and Parcel. the other guy is yeah. So he's constantly looking the other way, causing you know, and. So the the son who has the ability to see what this guy does and then actually chases him off and says, hey, you got to stop. I'm going to war with you. I see what you're doing and banishes him from the kingdom because he actually sees. And in the interim of this battle, the son gets his eyes poked out. And in, you know, in the God realm, you, the eye is still good, even if you get it poked out. So instead of getting his, giving his eye and putting it back into himself, he goes to the underworld and gives it to his dad so that he can see better. Ah, uh, such a, that is such a wonderful thought is that. Pretty powerful. Yeah, that is a powerful thing is in the, and that's what we can is if we see our, with our vision and we can say things clearly. I think you get much more value out of helping other people see as well and being able to, you know, maybe escape bad things. Um, just like you're saying, um, this is what I really like about what therapists do, especially what you're talking about is like uh, women that are coming from severe trauma at home and abusive situations. Um, or men. Or men. Doesn't have yeah. to be women. But. But um, yeah, men or women in abusive, traumatic situations, the therapist is helping give vision to it and being able to help others. And through therapy, they're able to solve their problems because they're giving them the vision and insight into themselves so that they can fix their own problems. And that's why I think it's noble to be in this profession because of that reason. The same thing as a, as a spiritual teacher. I feel the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean... Without spirituality, uh, people are pretty lost. They need I that. think so. But it's I like think it brings us meaning. Therapy. Yeah. It's saying like, hey, what's what's your spirituality like? Like, you know, when I say spirituality, I'm not referring necessarily to religion. I'm, I'm referring to what you find meaningful in your life. How are you contributing back? Are you a part of something bigger than yourself? Right absolutely love it yes yes yeah i think we're at that time my friend i think so this was good I, this was a good this, these last few chapters i think you're going to really love and for the viewers i've i had read this book again and i wanted to read it again so bad with uh brian because it was such a good influential book um it has real common sense grounding things to say and they're so simplistic that you'll remember what they are you may not remember all the stories of you know gods and demons and things like that but hopefully you took away some of that at least a story or two but mm. i always enjoy how simplistic 
things really are valuable. It's, you know, getting back to basics and then realizing that these little 12 steps, just like the 10 commandments, just like, you know, the eightfold path are so Seven um, habits of highly effective people. Yeah. All <laughs> of them are like really small digits to live your life because it is really that simplistic and we make it hard. And telling the truth is one of the things that will ease. I remember again, I, I, I think I've told the story of how much easier it is to live a life in the truth than it is to live a life of lies because there's nothing to remember. You don't have to, you don't have to remember the stories that you told that substantiated your lie. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't have to remember them. You, you now can be, you can live a much more free life and you don't have to worry about these. Oh, did they catch on to my lie? Do you think they, yeah. do you think, do you, you think you always have did? this, you always have this app running in the background, draining your battery. It has to be running though, because you have to keep up with the lie, you know, right. or people will know that you're a liar. And then well, what, what if they know I'm a liar? Well, you are a liar. How about, try some truth try a try a glass of truth tonight and yeah. uh remember you don't have to be you 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 can be respectful with the truth you can say things in a nice way you don't have to be belligerent about your truth but be honest with your truth be, be courageous courageous be empowering with your truth absolutely courageous is a great word for that it does it it takes so much courage and and i think everyone has that capacity you know absolutely i know so i know so everybody has that treasure absolutely so everyone thank you for um participating in this today uh we have a book change coming up um we're almost done with this one we'll probably do one more episode on this and maybe mix it a little bit with our next book by Thich Nhat han which is the art of power. And so please uh, go get that book wherever you buy your books or um, get Audible or, you know, anywhere where you could um, get a, a physical copy or listen to it. And that will be the next book. And we'll probably, uh, um, again, we'll probably wrap this one up, the 12 Rules for Life, and dive into that one. What are our handles? Where can we be found, Andy? Uh, we are on Instagram as Guru's Podcast, um, and then you can additionally find us uh, through Gmail at and Twitter at Guru's Podcast. But we are on um, Gmail at Guru's Podcast One at Gmail .com. Please reach out. Please, we are also uh, always available to take in ideas. If you want to comment in the podcast, please do. We'll be able to see those and we can, uh, and you know, I've also found pod chaser. So that's something that um, we are now affiliated with pod chaser and you can leave your comments and plea and ratings for us in pod chaser pod chaser.com has, if you're interested in podcasts and you want to listen to a ton of fun ones, this one has like a ton of ideas and there's uh, creators like, Brian and I uh, are on it, trying to uh, change the world or make it more entertaining, at least. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, oh, and I finally made that Facebook page. It has nothing on it yet, but there is a Facebook page. 
We are going somewhere, folks. We are going somewhere. Yes. I want to. I want to say this right before we leave that we got. I, I don't know. You'll probably notice throughout this. Now we're going to get headphones, um, but we did get Brian with a microphone, and yes. it sounds so good that I am just like, yes, we are going to be official. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited about the places for a year. My goodness. The the places we will go. Strong with me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it's gonna be fine. Um, but we are going to have, I mean, this is gonna be fun. We are we are we're gonna hit the big time. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your, you know, tell your ex-wife, you know, ex-husband. Let them know yeah. that we're out there to help you, and this is what we're passionate about. And I'll tell you that it's been just a blessing to be able to work with Brian on this. So, well, back at you, Annie. I really enjoy this. Yeah, this is this is my Monday. This is my daily highlight. I look forward to this like every week, and it's a Monday, so it's like, yay! Finally, Mondays are cool. <laughs> Absolutely, I have something to look forward to on Monday. That's right. We still haven't yeah. come out with an outro, but. Uh, we will eventually. keep it real y'all there we go <laughs> keep it keep it real is good actually <laughs> we'll talk to y'all later keep it real